Welcome to the DOS Champions Podcast. It is the 8th of February. We have got an EPL pod for you guys today. Um, I'm joined by my good man, Ryan Tooney, as per usual. Ryan, what's up? Uh, I guess not much, as I am always saying. Uh, you know, been uh, I took care of my parents' dog this weekend. That was fun. Uh, I got to chill with him a little bit, and... Uh, yeah, that's about all that's really new with me. What's going on with you? I got that dad life, dude, and that lack of sleep. Uh, five hours of sleep a night is a blessing. And yeah, man, uh, a lot of family coming by. And um, I'm researching all the things that you need to do to, with an infant to make them as athletic as humanly possible. And so, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, Tyler Adams is going to be coaching this kid one day. Let's just say that. All right. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Uh, should we jump into power rankings to start our EPL pod? Yeah, we're going to uh, talk about all the uh, big things about the EPL. Um, we like to do a power ranking every so often just to kind of be like, this is where we see the league is currently. But uh, the relegation is really heating up. So we're going to we're gonna spend some time on that as well. But um, yeah, power rankings. We'll start at the top. Uh, Manchester Man City. City. Yeah. yeah, City at one. City at one. Yeah, they're still the class of the league. Uh, yeah. This Julian Alvarez signing from River Plate looks like they're just... Uh, I, I don't expect him to be a huge contributor or whatever, but it's like one for the future and kind of one for now as well. So uh, really solid signing by them to solidify their their station. Yeah, absolutely. These guys are just so deep. They've, they've prevented injury for the most part at City, and they just dismantle every team that they play, and they're kind of operating like a machine unless they're playing like a Liverpool, really, like even against Chelsea, I'm like supremely confident that City's going to take them apart or even Spurs or Man U for that matter. Um, City, just they're just an unstoppable machine with only like one or two teams that can even get in their way. So they sit at number one in our power rankings. Yeah, I feel like what you said there is a really good reason why they are number one. So sometimes uh, they do struggle against the bigger sides occasionally, like especially Liverpool, but also in like, the Champions League competitions. But the thing that City does in the EPL better than anybody else is dispatch the teams that they should dispatch. They do it ruthlessly, and they usually score multiple goals and win comfortably and put the game away early so they don't have to, like, struggle the entire time. Yeah. The only thing that can get in their way is really being in a... Well, nothing can get in their way in the league, but in the Champions League, just Pep Guardiola getting in his own head as he sometimes does. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be fun to see. I wonder how it'll manifest itself this time because it's probably coming. against probably against Liverpool. Um, um, speaking of Liverpool, they're number two in our power rankings. Yeah, and we got a chance to see their new signing, Luis Diaz, in albeit the FA Cup over the weekend, but his little cameo there uh, had a nice little bit of skill on the end line and gets the ball oh, in yeah. the dangerous area and boom, goal. So uh, looks like they they did it again. Another you know phenomenal uh, signing with spending the right amount of money on the right age player in the right position at the right time. It's they got cheat codes or something for the transfer market. Oh, they've got a business model and they stick to it and it works really well. And it's analytics based. I mean, Ryan, you know it better than I do, but it's like, they only have these marquee signings that will go above a certain, you know, like above like 40 million for like the exact player that they want to have. And Virgil van Dyke, I think is, I think maybe the most recent example of that. I don't know if there's one that's... Yeah, Allison, Allison is the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's basically those two are the only ones that they really splash the cash like super hard on. Every single other one seems to be like, like you said, within a specific... 30 million-ish. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and you know what? You got to hit on you want to hit on everything, right? And you got to hit on those big splashes, which they have. And it looks like they just blew with Luis Diaz. We'll see what he ends up. Will he be as he good? Looks as, like a hit. Yeah, but yeah, it's gonna it'll be really exciting. But it's hard to get them any higher than two as it currently sits. Uh, they. I'll say the biggest lacking for them compared to um, City this season, it feels like they don't hold a lead as well, and they don't put away the uh, the lesser teams quite as as readily. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'll note is that the injury bug has seemed to bite them a little bit more than it has City. Um, and there's also, like, African Cup of Nations, which has which is kind of bit, and I think they got got through that unscathed, but they have all these international tournaments and um, the international break. I know for Klopp has really been like a thorn in his side. I don't know if it affects his team more than it affects city, but um, I always think about the injury bug with Liverpool for some reason. Uh, yeah. And I guess on a positive injury bug note though, uh, Harvey Elliott was back over the weekend. Incredible. And, oh, I love it. Ph- that goal too was phenomenal. Uh, it doesn't look like he has any ankle issues when you watch ba- watch that back. Which you know that dislocated ankle fracture thing that he had was a horrifying injury. But uh, yeah, for somebody that young that young to be able to make it back and do what he did over the weekend, I, I got he's got to be super happy. Sports medicine's an incredible team or mm-hmm. incredible thing. Uh, speaking of injury bug, we've got Chelsea at number three. Um, perhaps this would be a different team. I mean, perhaps they'd be two or, or even number one if the injury bug hadn't. Uh, taking a bite out of them so aggressively. Yeah, and I, I think they're weathering it okay. They're down in what UAE, I think, is where the uh, Club World Cup is right now. So, um, you know, they're not going to, ha- I don't believe, have a, a Premier League game soon. But with Chelsea, it's kind of like they're off on their own in some regard. I don't anticipate them being able to challenge for the title, but also I don't anticipate them being anything but a lock for top four. So they're, they're kind of just like there and need to kind of just put together a strong run and probably finish the season in third place. Yeah. You know, we had this conversation before we got on the pod about conflating um, how good the teams can potentially be and what they'll potentially be versus where they're going to finish in the EPL table. And these EPL power rankings are about where they're going to finish in the table. But Chelsea is one of those teams that if they can start getting people healthy and more importantly integrated, they really haven't had the opportunity to integrate their marquee players and their marquee playing style. Like you you can even see this as an American fan with Pulisic playing all over the field. Um, They do strike me as one of those teams that if fully integrated and fully healthy can make a really strong run in the champions league. But for the, for the purposes of EPL, I don't think they have time on their side to get the shit together. No. And the problem is in the EPL, City's just so good and so efficient that once you've dropped some points and then there's fewer and fewer games left in order to actually be able to make those points up, it the 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 likelihood of it happening, it, it becomes like, well, City has to drop more points than they have the entire season already. You know, like that right. happens very early on. So it's uh it it becomes really difficult even if you play well to catch them. Yep. So we're at the number four point right here. We've got Chelsea at three, and, and we've put Spurs at four. And so we put Spurs above um, competition such as Manchester United and Arsenal. Um, and I guess you could even consider West Ham in that mix. But really, like, there's a logjam at four. Most would consider between those three teams, Spurs, Man U, and Arsenal. So, Ryan, why do we have Spurs at four? I think mostly it's based upon the coaching. Um, Conte is the class of the coaches for these these three, while Ragnick is is a good like builder of of setups and everything, I think Conte's got him outclassed there. 
They also have um, Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know United's got uh, Ronaldo, but Harry Kane's really coming into form now, and I think he is a super, super dangerous weapon once he gets going. Uh, it's you know, good squad, good coach. Um, it's for me hard to get away from them just kind of steadily improving as the season goes on and making that fourth spot their own. Yeah, um, Spurs to me are like a, are like a Vanguard S and P five hundred stock where it's like they're going to go up like five to ten percent every year maybe even more than that but they're not going to tank and they're not going to fall flat they just seem like steady eddie and if i can bank on one of these teams appreciating between united arsenal and spurs spurs is where i put my money and for exactly the reasons that you said um they also had an interesting transfer window um it looked like conte dipped his toes into the syria lake and pulled a few guys over in bentacur and uh kuliseski both from Juve, am I correct in that? Yep, they're both from Juve. I think Bentecourt is on loan, and Kulisevsky's move was permanent. Is it, or is it the other way around? It might be the other way around. I think it might be the other way around. Either way, um, it's not part of the conversation, but that's a positive omen for West McKinney, who we thought may have been a transfer target for Spurs. Yeah, and it turns out he's not. It seems like he's probably just too important for uh, Juventus. So go. Yeah, which is a is a great sign. You know, Juventus is pretty ambitious. We'll see what happens in the summer. Um, but oh, they got they got. I, didn't they spend the most over the transfer window on that um, that striker? Yes, they did, and he scored immediately, and he looks yeah. <laughs> and he looks very good. <laughs> so yeah. I think they're pretty happy with how that went. Yeah. Um, so fifth on our list uh, after Spurs is Manchester United. Um, yeah, who, I, I, I'll admit at times I felt compelled to put them at four. But what were you going to say? Well, Manchester I mean, United they two. just tied Burnley one-one like yeah. fifteen minutes ago or whatever that was. Yeah, so that's not boding well for them. Uh, you really no. got to get those points. Yeah. Oh man, I really needed them to get those points for my boys in blue, Everton. But um, <laughs> what's I mean? I'm going to start with uh, kind of like an unorthodox piece of this Manchester United story. Like, is there going to be a Mason Greenwood hangover? Is that going to affect the locker room? Is that going to affect any spirits around the club? I mean, where's your head at with that? That's a, t- that's a really tough question. Um, I would imagine it would have to have some impact on it, especially like, you know, these guys have all that personal relationships, right? So like, how it plays in that arena it can certainly impact people's mentality, how they're feeling, and then bleed onto on-field performances. Either way, the whole situation is terrible. Um, yeah, so. for those of you who don't know, Mason Greenwood's career is probably over because he's a woman beater. Yeah, he's he's very likely going to jail. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, if that wasn't bad enough to compound it, you know, they got rid of Martial, who's on who's at Sevilla on, Sevilla on loan right now. I don't know if that's necessarily a guy that they would like to have um, or if that move was done post the Mason Greenwood news. But um, Martial went on loan, and so they're, you know, they're down kind of two attacking options right now, not necessarily something that they needed because they were they really had a problem with their attack. They also lost Vandebeek. So they had a problem with their attack, it seemed, not that long ago in the sense that they had too many options and they didn't really know how to array them or deploy them. Uh, but they've lost three, what I think, are pretty good options. Um, so that's kind of like the, the downside, I think, to United right now. 
yeah, more time for Sancho, I guess. Um, I'm good with that. I don't know. Uh, some of the some of the things that we put in here um, are I don't feel as accurate after that that one one tr- tie to Burnley. Um, well, and the loss to Middlesbrough. Yeah, that that really leaves that sour taste. Uh, I know it's it's FA Cup instead, but you you prefer a team if you're going to say they're like capable of competing for top four. You'd think they'd be um, at least putting good performances in every time that they get out onto the field. Or ideally, that's what's going on. And with United, they're they're far too up and down. Some of that old lingering stuff from the Ole regime seems to still be there. Uh, yeah, they're constantly constantly an enigma at united for like wow you should just really be better and you're not yeah um the argument that we have for them and again we have them at five and there was absolutely a debate that we had are they at four are they at three are they at five are they at six you know we didn't really know where to slot them and some of the things that they have going well um the press that ragnick wants to deploy at united seems to be firing in a more uh fluid manner players seem to understand where they're supposed to go and then the press seems to be triggering appropriately uh and that's always great to see and their record under ralph is significantly better than it was under Ole. like the the gap between the two is actually pretty sizable and who knows you know maybe maybe with players like greenwood and martial out and i heard that martial wasn't happy in the locker room maybe it's an opportunity for veteran leadership to take a spot in the field bring a little bit of composure um, you know that players like Cavani and Ronaldo just want to win towards the tail end of their career. So who knows what will happen? But we have them at five, nonetheless. Yeah, and you know it feels about right because I'm I'm looking at number six here, and it's it's Arsenal for us. Uh, and in general, I think Arsenal is becoming the team that they they really want to be. Instead, um, they are in a much healthier position now that they've been able to offload players like William and Obama Yang. And they got, um, you know, guys like Emil Smith Rowe. I think he scored like eight goals or something in the Premier league this season. Yeah. Which, yeah he's been lights out. So, like, so they're it's like a triple handshake handshake between Bakoyo Saka, Emil Smith Rowe and Martin Odegaard. They're, these guys are just complimenting each other like crazy. Yeah. It's, it's way, way more where they want to be, but all of that being said, I still am not sure that they have what it takes to be better than Manchester United. As like disjointed as Manchester United can be at times, it doesn't feel like Arsenal actually has the ability to, to take what they got going on and just jump that next level. So I, I don't really see them in the Champions League next year or really having that great of a chance to make top four. But I, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to make the Europa League and they're going to uh, probably you know, keep this trajectory going next year with Arsenal. If they're able to get a couple good signings, keep it, keep them young. Um, you know, let Arteta impose himself on this team even more than he already has. It's, it's feels like it's a positive direction, but speaking of signings that they did get, oh, they, uh, dude. yeah, Old they rusty. got some awesome. <laughs> oh, rusty. Old rusty, dude. Austin. Trusty, rusty. rusty. Yeah. Rusty, trusty. Yeah. I don't really know who he is. I know who I, I don't really know who he is either, but I know who owns the Colorado Rapids. Wait, but who owns Arsenal? Ah, man, uh, who's on first? What's on second? I guess they're one of the same. Man. Yeah. Um, also, the it sounds like the um, Tur- Matt Turner deal is more or less finalized now. Uh, I know it was it was kind of always done, but I think it's just waiting on like work permit stuff at this point. So that's going to be a summer signing for them. Um, 
yeah, I would imagine the Arsenal fans want a little bit different than some Austin Trusty and a uh, and a Matt Turner, but yeah, this is uh this but is some. Taylor Twelman loves it because he gets to go out there and say that the MLS is exporting more, more, uh, more figures, more numbers than ever, both in player volume and revenues. But yeah, you know. he says he says lots of stuff, um, and I don't disagree with all of it, just most of it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, well, we won't get into that. We've been told that we sometimes get a little bit whiny and we're playing out a USSF narrative. So we won't keep beating that drum. We'll save that for another, we'll save that for another pod. Uh, uh, the US will play again. Oh, yeah, we'll be talking about it. Um, down the list from Arsenal at six, we've got West Ham at seven. Yeah, um, you know, I, I feel like they're, they're like the Rodney Dangerfield of the, the EPL. They're just like, they cannot get any respect. They keep like Jared Bowen scored again today and they win and they're in fourth place. But like, look at us down at seventh with the West Ham. And I honestly don't feel like I need to apologize for wanting them to be at seventh in this power ranking because I think the other teams are better than them. But I, I, at the same time, I'm like, you know, they just don't ever get any respect. No, uh, they don't get any respect. Yeah, they're they're probably just gonna gonna fall short. Um, you had a have a good point in here, Alex. It, it Antonio has gone dry recently, and they've been able to weather it. But I think him they for West Ham they really need everybody to be do basically playing awesome in order to really punch into the top four. I agree. Um, Antonio has been dry, and they do need everyone to be awesome to punch into the top four. And what are the differences between West Ham and a lot of these other teams? maybe less Manchester United is West Ham had a very quiet window. Um, they acquired a whole bunch of prospective talent, talent that might be good down the line or talent that they might look to sell. Um, but I didn't think they got anybody who's actually going to impact the here and now. So I do expect them to drop off a little bit. Yeah. Um, they definitely aren't like trying to make a go of it. You know, sometimes if teams really want to want to, solidify their ability to to punch on or to to kick on as the season goes they're going to make some sort of marquee signing in a area of weakness or maybe bring in that guy that can that can score the extra goals or do the extra creative thing and yeah they didn't even go for it but they might feel like they have what they need at the same time it doesn't show a ton of ambition yep um at eight behind West Ham, we have Wolverhampton. Yeah, they've kind of been our darling all, all year. Um, oh, yeah. There's certain players on the team that we take a shine to. Uh, I mean, you've been all over Jose Sa all year. What You want to say a few things about him? Yeah, he's got the highest save percentage in the EPL this year. And I think the second place guy, I think it's Ramsdale, Ba Ramsdale, yeah. at second place. Uh, but Jose Saz at first, and it's by a pretty significant margin. And the interesting thing about that is, like, Wolverhampton, going into the season, they weren't the team that you expect Arsenal to be. You know, they they were like, they're going to finish middle of the table, maybe, like, bottom of the table, and maybe there's, like, a small chance they get relegated. That's kind of how I thought of Wolverhampton going in, but I definitely didn't think of them as having any chance of being a top four, maybe even a top six contender. And players like Jose Sa, and there's a whole, a whole bunch of, unsung heroes on Wolverhampton, but Jose Sa is one of them. That dude has been lights out. He has been pepper staked. He's made all sorts of crazy saves. And I think his save percentage is like four points north of Ramsdale. And when you get into the upper echelons of 
keepers in the EPL and there's a four percent gap, that's actually a pretty significant gap. I just think the dude has been an absolute badass. Yeah, he's a clear difference maker. He's probably I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's probably been a significant contributor to the amount of points they've been able to accrue this year. Um, yeah, generally speaking, I think they have some fun players. I didn't anticipate them to be like a bottom half team, really. I I, I kind of saw them as solidly mid table. I do think they're punching above their weight slightly, and I mean, are putting them in eighth basically reflects reflects that 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 they're a really solid team, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, in ninth, though, we got a pretty interesting one. Uh, Aston Villa, because they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of, they're doing some stuff, you know, and, and they got good vibes going on there with Jared as their coach. They bring in Coutinho, they bring in Dina. These guys look good uh, in the claret and blue. Um, yeah. What, what do you, what do you make of this Villa uh, transition? I think I thought they had one of the better transfer windows. Um, Luca Dean was super unhappy at Everton, and it was based on the playing style that uh, that um, Benitez wanted to deploy. He wanted him to be more of a defensive player, and so he gets the move to Villa. And I, I watched the first game, and I'm like, is he going to get to play the way that he wants to play? And sure enough, he's like making runs up the left side of the pitch, like throwing in crosses, um, but playing more. I would say like more, just as offensively as he was defensively, and that was really encouraging to see because it's like okay, you're doing exactly what you need to do with a player like that. And you're going to use him, and you've got a good coach working with him. And then Coutinho, I think, checked into his – I wasn't sure if it was his first game or his second game, but he basically made an immediate impact. I think he had a goal and an assist in his first outing. Yeah, just as a substitute against United yeah, to make yeah. it so they tied 2-2. Yeah, exactly. And so it just kind of screamed to me, like, okay, Gerard's a great coach. We knew that. We knew that. Um, he's going to do the right things with really, really underappreciated players who they probably bought at like these, I don't want to call them low points of their career, but time where, at a time where their value was probably at their best. You know, when you consider the COVID economy and not being able to drive prices through the ceiling and the issues that they were having at their respective clubs, I, I don't think Coutinho was particularly enjoying being at Barcelona. And I, don't, I know that Luca Dean did not like being at Everton. I, I think that Aston Villa got sweethearts of a deal a sweetheart of a deal on these two players and I think they know how to use them. So yeah, we've got Villa at nine. Yeah. Uh, the Jared thing is really interesting to me. Um, and it's, you know, he did so well with Rangers won the league for them there. And then, uh, now they're, it, it, we have Lampard back in the league too. And we'll get to, to, um, Everton more later, but you know, years ago it was the, Oh, who's better Lampard or Gerard. And it looks like we might be in for that again, uh, as coaches. So it's um interesting to see the generations unfold. Hell yeah, man. At uh, numero 10, we've got Leicester. What a disappointment. Well, and the FA Cup game, they lost, what, like 3-1 or something to Norwich, and then one of their fans tried to, or not Norwich, to Nottingham Forest, sorry. Yeah, uh, one of the fans tried to, like, fight the player. On yeah, man, Forest. what the hell? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, like, Leicester is just... For us, I think underperforming. I think both of us had them as like a solid, the next we best four. We had them at four. Yeah, four or five, right? Like one of the yeah. two. I can't remember exactly, but like they are just so much worse than we thought they were going to be. What do you, is any predictions that you have in the second half of the season for them? Like, do you think they'll do anything with their roster 
or like, like, I guess I'm leading this because I think like, this is a really, I think we're going to see a lot of Pats and Doc in the second half of the season. I've been kind of like talking about him a lot and he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity at the first, in the first half of the season. And whenever he's shown up, he's, he's played extremely well. I wonder if they're going to start giving him more run in the second half of the season, knowing that. Yeah. I feel like that was out of hand. Well, I feel like that was always the plan. I'm not sure that it would be like in a response to, playing poorly because like Vardy's done well more or less every time he's been on the field well not on the field but generally speaking Vardy hasn't like tapered off completely you know uh or is like the reason that they're not as good as they should be the, their defense is kind of shitty a lot of the time and I think that's mm-hmm. the primary reason for being in 10th place right now not so much on the goal sc- scoring side but all of that being said yeah Daka's gonna start seeing more and more minutes he's a really good player and the future at number nine in all likelihood for Leicester. So they're going to, they're going to start leaning on him more. Um, they didn't make any moves, by the way, they made no transfers. Yeah. Which is surprising. Cause they're, they're kind of like, uh, you know, they're wavering here a little bit in terms of being able to c- string together consistent results. And you would think they'd want to bring something into correct I don't know what would have been appropriate, maybe some sort of like defensive minded player or, or whatnot. But then again, I think that it's a system problem for them when it comes to why they're conceding as much as they are and not winning the type of games that they have. Uh, I don't know that Brendan Rodgers is like not the guy for the job or that he would get any uh, pressure to the point where he might get fired. But I don't I don't know. He certainly isn't meeting what I think most people's expectations would be for them. Yeah, I agree. I was, I was just wondering the same thing. Um when I watch them play, I, I do see a lot of the defensive errors that you brought up. I also see like poor passes out of the center defensive midfielder or players who are occupying that space and are expected to do and manage the ball as responsibly as a CDM would in that particular instance. I see just a lot of bad turnovers and a lot of big mistakes um, on the defensive end of things. So I hope Roger sticks around. And if he doesn't, I hope he goes to a club that I like because I think he's a great coach. Yeah, I think he's a good coach too, uh, but he's not doing that great of a job right now. Um, relegation picture, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, the first note we have in here is uh, Everton tail spinning to stop. Mm. Uh, is it? I thought I thought it was. You know, we we built the we built the deck for this pod uh, about a week ago, and the Everton game with Newcastle was on today and they had a, they had an outing um, against Brentford where they scored four goals. And I was like, all right, boys in blue are back at it. Here we go. Frank Lampard. Um, But first and foremost, they shouldn't even be in this conversation. The talent on that team and the way that they started the season, uh, they shouldn't be in the relegation zone, but they, they are unfortunately. And after this loss to Newcastle, I'm extremely concerned that they're going to be a team that gets relegated. Um, first and foremost, Newcastle is a team that they're competing with. And so if Newcastle is pulling three points against them, um, and truly if if teams at the bottom of the table are able to do that against them, they're going to get relegated. Um, it's, it's just too tight and they can't manufacture wins, especially against teams like that. They're losing They're toast. Um, but I think like one of the, the, I'm going to let you get awarded. I think like one of the big issues that I have, and there's a few things I would like to say about them is the the personnel that they brought in, they brought in really talented players, but they brought in a lot of hot-headed players. Like, Dele Alle is a super hot-headed guy, and they already have enough of that on the team. Like, 
Yuri Mean is a super hot-headed guy. Anthony Gordon, like, I love him. Super hot-headed guy. Alan, super hot-headed guy. You know, there's only so many composed. They don't have a ton of composed players in the field, like Andre Gomez, who really shouldn't be out there, and Seamus Coleman are, like, two of the composed guys they have. Charleston, not composed at all. Very hot-headed. And I just see this locker room being in a tailspin right now. And what sucks about Everton is they've got all the talent to be competing for a sixth position, but they're totally self-destructing. Yeah, it's hard to see how things are going to end up end up for them um, when when the you know the difference between talent and and play is is so great. There's a lot of things that they need to need to work on to correct this. I wonder if it's fair to say something like this is Lampard's first game. Maybe we shouldn't read into how how they played um, as much, you know, like how they they set yeah. themselves up and all that kind of stuff. But all the mentality type things that you were talking about, like with Anthony Gordon, for example, um, I think he was lucky not to get sent off. Not that he didn't oh, yeah. do anything that could have got him sent off. It's more of a there was that moment or those moments where Pure you could recklessness see where you're where like, he was going like, to get a red card. He was like going what forehead to forehead with the one guy, and then the exact yeah, next chance, yeah. the yeah. exact next chance he got, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna freaking kind of get rough on the next guy." It wasn't Trippier, you know. He was just like a a whirlwind at that point. And those type of moments are the kind of thing that um, you can't really afford as a relegation team. No, and, you can't afford it at that level either. That's not how you win at that level. Yeah, so I was. I'm surprised. I got to imagine Lampard's going to have a word with him because that kid is he's lucky uh, that he didn't do something even dumber. Um, if you guys, if you guys at home want to watch a really interesting 25 minutes of football, go to Peacock, turn on the last 25 minutes of Newcastle Everton, and like if you do pre workout or creatine before you go work out, you're not going to need it, and like you might like join Fight Club after watching it because it literally felt like. Somebody was going to get their leg broken and a fight was going to break out on the field. It was really entertaining. And yeah, I my, my heart rate went through the roof, I think. <laughs> You're just like, don't lose, don't lose. Uh, we're going to lose. Uh, it sucked. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Any closing words on, on Newcastle here? Cause they're, or sorry, uh, Everton here? Because, I mean, they they got to... They got to do something, and I don't really know. This last performance, if they do that again, they're just going to get relegated. The last thing I'll say is, like, um, Ryan and I, like, we've been friends since we were kids, but one of the things that we used to do is, like, we were in fantasy leagues together, fantasy football leagues, and one of the things that we would always make fun of is when players would, like, add a guy and then drop a guy, and then add the same guy and then drop the same guy. And it was like you could tell that the owner had like no idea what they were doing and they were super not confident in, them, in themselves. And when I look at the, the decisions that Everton made in their personnel, it was very strange to phase out Dean, get rid of him, then sack Benitez, then like bring in Lampard, but at the same time, bring in a whole bunch of signings that really didn't address the problems that they had. And so um, I guess I'll just say final word about Everton is, you blame it on the players all you want, but like you pointed this out to me, and it's one of the reasons why you didn't want Jesse Marsh to get the job. They have a front office problem, a very serious front office problem. Yeah, they do, and I don't, I don't have enough insight to give like any ideas about like what would be better than what they have or that kind of stuff. But they got to get their shit together, or they're like going to be playing second division football next year. Like, boy. Well, I guess I guess enough of uh, 
perpetual sadness and depression. Let's move down. Let's move on to a team that we're actually excited about in this relegation zone, Norwich. Yeah. So, I mean, Norwich had that great result the last time before the international break. Josh Sargent finally breaks his duck, gets two goals. Uh, They even play through him to some extent. You know, they like to play the ball up to the right-hand side in the air for those those flick-ons and everything. And um, it's a really safe area to play the ball into. Um, They feel like they have a clear idea of how they want to play. Their coach seems to be... a the appropriate type of mentality for getting out of this situation. Obviously talent's lacking and they put in them, put themselves in a pretty bad hole here already, but uh, Norwich, I think have the capacity to grind out more additional results because the, um, the mentality stuff, especially they don't feel like they're going to have as many guys doing the shit that Anthony Gordon was doing today. And um, all of the, the negatives that you were talking about there with, with Everton's players in general. Exactly. Um, which at least gives them a chance to get something out of games where it might not be going their way the entire time. Exactly. I think a lot of that comes from what the expectation of Norwich is. And we've, like, again, to everyone at home, we've had this deck ready for a long, long time. There's a lot that we've wanted to say, and some of it's a little bit dated, but... Norwich aren't the Norwich aren't like the team that's necessarily like trying to stay in the EPL. There are teams out there that are more focused on a sustainable business model and being a yo-yo club and being a yo-yo club works for them. That's like what they do. That's what they can afford to do. And they've got no issue with it. And I think that's the type of team that Norwich is. And, the, and you, you can see that in the way that they've transferred players, um, both in the winter and, and the summer transfer window. But one of the advantages of that is that when you start playing well, there's just like not, it's like less stress on the players. It's like, oh man, we're transcending. We're playing really well. Like, let's lean into it. What do we have to lose? And I think that Norwich are in that position a little bit. And um, when when Josh Sargent scored, uh, he didn't really score a goal against Everton. He put a ball in a dangerous spot and there was an own goal. But he came out in the next game and he absolutely balled out. And, um, I think that's like a really good piece of evidence that shows where these players' heads are at. They're, they seem to be extremely confident at this moment. Yeah, uh, they they really do. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do tomorrow against Crystal Palace. It's a decent chance for them to pick up some more points, and I just wouldn't put it past them to end up end up getting those points. Um, I, I want to get this word in before because we haven't had the opportunity to say it yet, but like Sargent's performance against, um, who did he score two goals? Watford. Against? Watford. That's right. Watford. Um, there haven't been a ton of performances from us men's national team nines than that in my eyes. Like it was such an important game for them and the consequences of winning and showing up the way that he did are so impactful to that club and to that club's mentality. And it's against such, I I know Watford's not great, but they're a hell of a lot better than the majority of teams any of our other nines are going up against. And that just like stood out to me as like a very underappreciated moment. And for me, one of the biggest moments, goal scoring moments that any of our nine, any of our nines have had. Um, And I've been wanting to say that about Josh Sargent's performance. We haven't had the chance to say it in this pod. And I just wanted to get that word in. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I think Josh Sargent in general is in a good spot right now in his life. Um, you know, it's interesting, especially recently with the the Daryl DK and Matthew Hope liking of 
of inappropriate posts or whatever. You know, Sargent isn't a guy that's going to be doing that kind of shit. And I actually think, you know, part of it is he's he's concentrating on his own craft a little bit more. But he's also, you know, he's got a family now and he, he's worrying about that kind of stuff. And I, I just think in general, Josh Sargent is probably in a pretty healthy place. Uh, he was sick, though, over the weekend and, and was in the starting 11 and then was unable to play in the FA Cup. Hopefully he's he's ready to go for tomorrow. But um, I think he's out, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that would that would stink. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, it's a really interesting situation brewing for for Josh and we, we uh, you know, like all of the potential players for the national team, wish him the best. Hell yeah, man. Moving on down the list, we've got Newcastle. Yeah, I don't like that they won today, but they did win. And, um, you know, you were talking about, about how the Kieran Trippier signing was probably a pretty good thing. And I was a little bit more skeptical, but I, I, I got to take the L on this one because that free kick he did today is exactly why he is good for them. Um, veteran mentality as well, but like being able to directly impact the game in that kind of way, especially for a team that's going to have like fewer chances than, than the average team. It's a, his set piece quality um, is, is a big deal. Yeah, man. Uh, he was lights out today. Um, you can definitely feel that veteran leadership on the field. And in my eyes, I don't know the Newcastle team like very well. Like, you know, I know it better than some schmo on the street, but I, I don't know it as well as I know some of the other teams. But when I look at their transfers, what really stood out to me is like, I thought they were really pragmatic. Like I thought it was really practical and really appropriate for what they needed here and now. Like, I didn't feel like they overspent, and I felt like they brought in the type of players that can slot into certain positions and offer stability and let players like that. Some of the players that already exist on their squad that are pretty good kind of do a little bit more by having stable pieces around them. And I do expect Newcastle to be a riser, unfortunately. Steve, I love you, bro, but I hate Newcastle. Um, I think I think Newcastle are not going to be relegation-bound. Yeah, they not based upon today. And, you know, maybe this Chris Wood signing is a little bit better than I gave it credit for. I still think they overpaid a little bit for him. Um, but, you know, they weakened Burnley. And if he can if he can punch in a few go- goals for him and be like you are talking about, more, a little more pragmatic of a signing, then it actually starts to make a lot of sense why they would would get that type of player. Agreed. Well, speaking of Burnley, they're next on our list, and they actually haven't looked too bad as of late. No, they haven't. I think they, what, they got a draw today against United, and then didn't mm-hmm. they get a result against Arsenal the game mm-hmm. before? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just a draw also, but, um, you know, those are good results against good teams. I kind of think they're doomed, but uh, I don't know. I mean, are they the are they the cockroach nuclear survivors that we think they are? Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, yeah, I mean, any grotesque thing that you can think of, that's who Burnley is. And they find ways to survive. Um, listen, like, I, I've heard rumors that, you know, in their training facilities, they serve Totino's pizza rolls every day for lunch. And these players continue to stay in the EPL. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, Vughorst was a good signing too. I, I, I think for the way they want to play, and then getting rid of Chris Wood and bringing him in, like, 
I think it's a good move. Uh, yeah, I think Burnley was like happy to be able to do that because so this goes back to that yo-yo club kind of thing that you were talking about. Some of these guys are clubs are just trying to run in like sustainable manner. I don't know that that's Burnley necessarily. Uh, but like, you know, for them financially getting a, p- a pile of money for wood and then spending part of it to bring in, um, Veghorst as the replacement right, and then, is then the other half on cheap vodka and, yeah. and delivery pizza. Yeah. They're, they're happy, man. And, um, actually kind of like a general point going back to Norwich with this is like, I don't think Norwich necessarily aspires to be a yo-yo club. You know, they like want to, um, they want to be a, a fully fledged keep in the EPL club, but they're just not willing to like leverage their financial future to like go all in on that type of thing, uh, which I think is an important distinction beyond They're not just like trying to like not stay in the league or something, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, well, now we've got the team with the scariest logo, uh, Moose and, the EPL um, in the relegation conversation. That's Watford. Yeah, uh, they canned their coach, and then they hired Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson has never been relegated from the EPL. But it is a different he year. Didn't win today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, until they lost this today. Year. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not confident in Watford's ability to stick around. Um, they, they just don't feel like even when they're dominating the game, which they kind of were against. Uh, Against Norwich, actually, based on possession um, and everything, but they lost. And I don't know, man. There's, I just don't think that there is enough for them to be able to grind themselves out of this. There's too many other teams trying to do the same thing around them that are have certain other advantages. I mean, Emmanuel Dennis has been lights out this year, but uh, I just, I got a bad feeling about Watford. I think they're going I feel like down. That's too many eggs in one basket. I mean, dude, Emmanuel yeah. <laughs> Dennis is unable to play. You know, then what? Um, yeah, they're that, they're in a lot of a lot of trouble. That's for sure. Yeah, and they're already in a lot of trouble with him there. I I tend to agree, but uh, I kind of look at like the Roy Hodgson signing. It's like investing in NFTs when you really need money. Um, that thing is probably going to burn you. But I mean, maybe maybe it's a genius move, and maybe they stay up. Um, They've had some decent moves this season. I, I thought like Sissoko going there oh, was yeah. a good move. I rate him for sure. I think it, and he, he's the exact kind of player you'd think that you'd need in that type of team to, to give him a bit more quality and, and bite in midfield. But yeah, it's, I don't know, man. They're, they're just not good enough, I think, to stick around. Huh? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so next in the list, it's unfortunate um, that we have Leeds United here, but they shouldn't be here. In my opinion, at least going into the season, I didn't think they would be here. But Leeds United is here. But we're going to lump them in with Brentford because I think they're two teams that unless shit like totally goes wrong, they should be OK. Yeah, I agree. I think we just added them because it was a it's more of a hey, they are the next teams in line that could falter. And if they they really like do end up faltering poor, like by a, a bunch, well, then they could they could slide in. But, uh, you know, new or. Everton has definitely done that uh, instead of them. And once there's enough teams down there and they have like a decent six point ish separation, I really get, um, get confident they're going to stick around. So I have less uh, trepidation around both these teams actually. And Brentford uh, signed Christian Eriksen. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's going to be really fun to watch. 
Man, there's so many leagues that wouldn't have permitted that signing. Um, yeah, Brent, I feel like Brentford's going to be in a good way. That's awesome. Um, all those wins at the beginning of the season really, really help them out. Yeah, money in the bank. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the relegation picture. Um, I guess, do we want to give our predictions based, as of 2-8-2022, who we think are going to go down? Yeah. Oh man. I'm unfortunately like having this moment where I'm like, should I put Everton in that mix? And it's really tragic. And uh, yeah, I'm changing mine. (laughs) Oh fuck. Um, all right, fine. Change yours. I'm leaving mine. I've got Watford, Norwich and Burnley getting relegated. Yeah. I feel like that is the, um, the safest, like the, if you, if you're going to assign probabilities, I, I think you picked, the, the three that have the highest probability of getting getting relegated. Uh, I have uh, Watford and Burnley as well. I think it's it's pretty clear these two teams are, are doomed. But um, I was going to say Newcastle, but I, after today, I'm actually going to go with Everton. I, like, all of the things that we have been talking about, the way that they performed, the hot-headed stuff that you're talking about, Al, uh, and the only th- caveat I'm really going to give to this is if Lampard starts to turn something, get them to, to play a little bit different, um, maybe it's going to turn them around. But based upon what I saw today, it's hard to collect a lot of positives and be like, well, no, they just need to keep doing what they're doing and they're going to get success. You know, there's like none of that kind of feeling going on. So, uh, yeah, man, I hate to do it to you, Al. And, uh, and Tyler, if you catch this as well, uh, freshly minted Everton fan. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm not. Gonna, yeah, that's fine. No, I appreciate that. I already wasn't sleeping at all, but now I, in the sleep that I could get, I'll be haunted by your words here. Okay, you just know need to go over to Burnley, get some of that whiskey, and take a nap. slam a few pizza rolls, and it helps you sleep good at night. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cat food. Yeah, dude, in blue. Um, fucking awesome, Brian. Thanks. All right. Well, um, I think that about covers it for for. Uh, EPL power rankings and our commentary today from DOS champions. Ryan, you got any words of wisdom for our listeners at home? Uh, no, nothing, nothing today. Uh, nothing too clever. Uh, be safe, everyone. And, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of winter, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that was, that was helpful. It was a lot nicer <laughs> than what you closed this thing out with towards me. All right, y'all be good. And we'll talk soon.